Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Today is Tuesday, the 25th of April, and we are going to jump into a uh, an amazing article. <laughs> the reason I think it's amazing is because finally, finally, after 10 years, we are receiving the ultimate uh, validation for our work here at Parents' Rights in Education. We were established in 2011, so uh, there is only one, by the way, Parents' Rights in Education. There is only one. Uh, other groups seem to be forming. They're taking on that name because actually that is the the name that was given to legislation recently passed in the state of Florida, Parental Rights and Education Bill. Imagine that. What is the ultimate compliment to an organization or a business? That compliment is when others copy you. And that is now happening for parents' rights in education. But there is only one parents' rights in education, and that's parents plural with an apostrophe, meaning all parents possessive have rights. Okay. <laughs> that's my rant for today. Um, and I just want to also make it very clear. I did not start this organization. I was involved in uh, some of the brainstorming sessions early on, and, um, and I encouraged the group in uh, Oregon, it started in Oregon State, if you can believe it. Well, of course, it would start in Oregon State because this is where CSE or Comprehensive Sexuality Education Law was passed before really pretty much anywhere else in in the country, and that was K through twelve mandatory CSE. So we were the quote pioneers unquote of the radical um, sexualization of children beginning in kindergarten. And if uh, you want to know what that looks like thirteen years later, take a look at Oregon talk to me, okay? So Pre has been actively reporting on sexualization of children for over a decade. You know, it's taken that long for the story to get picked up by major media. Seriously, this is a great time to be alive in this country to be able to see that people are actually recognizing that K-12 through education indoctrination is happening. This analysis is valid and um, it would not have been received 10 years ago. And I'm talking about the analysis in an article that just came out by Epoch Times. The title of the article is Marxists Seek to Destabilize American Society Through Sexualization of Young People. 
well, thanks to Mark Levin for identifying American Marxism as a reality, and thanks to the Epoch Times for picking it up and uh, linking it to the sexualization of children in K-12 through education. This is so gratifying to see that now this is national. Uh, this is a little bit of, you know, affirmation discussion about our own validity as an organization, but also mine as the current executive director, and I've been executive director since 2018. And I felt uh, that there were two things had to happen. Number one was that we had to capture the attention of parents, parents in the public schools, because it's their children who are being sexualized, right? It's their children who are being indoctrinated, and they've got skin in the game, and they need to pay attention. And they also need to understand that the public school, you know, has a board, that it is an entity or bureaucracy of their state, but also of the federal government, because we have departments of education in our states and a department of education at the federal level, which I, I agree with Glenn Beck and his latest uh, uh, declaration that we have to do away with the department of education at the federal level. And he's exactly right. But, you know, it takes time. It takes time for, for these realizations to, you know, to make it to mainstream. Thank you. Thank you to Mark Levin for American Marxism. Thank you to Glenn Beck for recognizing, you know, this is a major issue and discussing it on his podcast. Thank you. Uh, these guys have a broader reach than, than we do. We hope our reach will continue to, to grow as a result of what they're saying, affirming what we've been doing for the last 10, 11 years actually now. So what I want to do is share with you this um, article uh, titled, Marxists seek to destabilize American society through sexualization of young people. Okay, this article was written by Hannah Ng and David Zhang. Young people in the United States are being subjected to communist-style sexualization, according to author and expert James Lindsay. And again, a shout-out to James Lindsay. Uh, he was ahead of the critical race theory writings. In fact, we featured feature him on our website. We did immediately when he came out with articles about critical race theory. James Lindsay was ahead of Christopher Rufo, you could say, in this. Two great guys. Okay, so continuing on. And their plan has been afoot for more than a century. Mm -hmm. uh, quote, this is a deliberate program that Marxists have employed since at least the 1910s, starting in Hungary, to try to sexualize children, to cause sexual and gender confusion, so that they become political activists on behalf of some other agenda. And that's according to Lindsay. Now, I'm going to stop here and explain to you that we have captured validation for that very statement. Uh, it's on our website. It's all about activating students. They were involved in the 2020 protests in downtown Portland. Students, and they were activated in their public school. So yes, this is happening. There's also an arm of Planned Parenthood uh, called Advocates for Youth. That was uh, designed, again, it's Planned Parenthood. Okay, so that was designed uh, initially uh, so that these students would be activated to get free contraception and and that sort of thing, right? Oh, no, but it's not about that. No. Okay, moving on in this article. Lindsay pointed to George Lucas, L-U-K-A-C-S, a devout Hungarian Marxist 
who served as Deputy Commissar of Education in 1919 during the short-lived Hungarian Soviet Republic. He introduced sex education to children at the elementary level. Lukács sexualized children of Hungary in order to separate them from their family, to separate them from their religion, their nation, and their culture, Lindsay said, essentially getting children all into these ideas so that when they go home, they would tell their parents, you know, things have changed, or the Bible is wrong, or whatever our religion is wrong. Our traditions are wrong. Next came Herbert Marcosa, a prominent member of the Frankfurt School who focused his efforts on, quote, trying to free sexual energy, unquote, according to Lindsay. Marcosa, in his 1965 work, Eros and Civilization, applied Marxist ideology to delve into these topics, becoming the intellectual basis for the sexual revolution of the 1960s. This, in turn, led to the comprehensive sexual education programs that are in American schools today. Later on in the 1980s and 1990s, saw the rise of the post-structural feminism movement. These feminist activists used postmodern theory to advocate the notion that gender was socially constructed and that sex roles are a form of oppression, according to the expert. They used postmodern theory to break down all boundaries whatsoever, not just the idea of gender being a social construct, but sex and sexuality and everything becoming socially constructed as well. And those people have basically taken over. Modern day Marxists focus more on gender and on the social fluidity of these concepts than you would have seen 100 years ago from older school Marxists. But the general thrust is the same. This is all according to Lindsay. Brilliant analysis. Meanwhile, with young people as their target group, Marxists find a population who are highly vulnerable and impressionable, Lindsay noted, as they're at a stage of their lives when they're trying to find their identity and they're trying to grow up and go through puberty and discover what it means to be who they are, unquote. As a result, young people are being victimized, quote, they're being injected full of all of these ideas about the fluidity of their gender, the fluidity of their sex, and the socially constructed nature of sexuality. And it's actually victimizing those people in particular, unquote. He goes on and states that meanwhile, they, the activists, hide behind saying that this is actually about protecting LGBT people who are also being victimized. Thank you, James Lindsay, because I have been saying that for the last four years. The Marxist movements back then and nowadays all share the same goal, noted Lindsay, which is to soften children up, to get them to be more accepting of the gender and sexual instruction that's going on in their schools. 
So the purpose is actually to weaken and destabilize in the short term so that power can be seized, he said, and then it'll be up to whoever's in charge to decide what they think is acceptable and not acceptable afterward. With children being inundated by such Marxist ideas from all angles, especially when the schools are doing a terrible job, are failing at educating our students, Lindsay stressed that this places more responsibility on guess who? The parents. He goes on to explain they're having to take up the role of actually educating their children, first of all. And then second of all, they're also having to deprogram their kids about what they're learning, about race, about history, about sex, about, I mean, you name it, sexuality and gender. The situation, Lindsay said, is also forcing parents to have conversations about sex and sexuality with their children at far younger ages than parents think is appropriate. As the schools and the media are dragging them into having these conversations. The job that parents have right now is enormously harder than it was 10 or 15 years ago, according to Lindsay. Quote, but I stress this has been going on pretty rampantly, at least over the last decade anyway. And so primarily parents are now just becoming aware that this is being taught to their children in large quantity. You're exactly right, James Lindsay. It is a very difficult time to be a parent, and we need to be on guard and constantly watching what our children are bringing home from school. But by the way, they're not going to be bringing it home, are they? I'm going to continue this report next time, social emotional learning and how CSE fits hand in glove with that agenda. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.